Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. What's that word? Written by Betty Adams. Qualchuk tried not to slump with irritation as he followed the agitated colleague down the hall to the primary computer banks. The mix of bovine protein he was experimenting with had almost reached the temperature point just before boiling when he was forced by professional courtesy to prematurely end the experiment. Of course, he could always heat up the substance again, but his human contact assured him that this would cause molecular-level disfigurement and that would completely ruin the final consistency of the desired product. Shot a glance at the hind legs of his colleague and surreptitiously triggered a recording function on his tablet. Call Pelepella about possible workarounds for the cheesecake recipe. He softly clicked. Are you paying attention? His colleague demanded. Not entirely, Quilch admitted. Not until we get to the screens where I can actually see the evidence. His colleague bristled in annoyance but waved him manipulator in acceptance of his logic. You say you have proof of various humans displaying a behavior more than once? Quilch asked in an attempt to get his mind focused. No, his colleague flickered back to his leg in correction. I only managed to record the behavior once. However, I have notes on a majority of similar cases. I have far too much experience with our newest biped friends, Quilch began. To ask why do you not simply describe the behavior? Thank you, the other replied. Relaxing a little as they entered the comfortable-sized room built just for the Trisk bodies and minds. However, why did you not display the video on our mobile device? Kulcht asked his colleague as he waved him over to the three-dimensional display. Given that the behavior does not appear to be conscious, I thought it best to avoid any shame reactions if it's not noted, the colleague explained. When have you ever, Koltich demanded, seen one of these spacefaring humans display a shame reflex? Look, his colleague pointed to the display and began to play. Just watch the human. Koltich bristled himself a bit at the rudeness, but he focused on the scene. The human was sitting on his workstation while several Trisk worked around him. The massive human desk providing for nearly 20 Trisk work clusters. The human was poised in a position that Kutuch had come to associate with maximum productivity. His internal skeleton held his massive mammalian muscles rigidly up and his fingers flew over the interface surface. From the looks of the high-ranking ranger encompassing the final report from all of the field data gathered by the economically vital space whales, suddenly, however, the rapid tapping of the human fingers flattened and paused. Kutuch tilted his head in interest. The human pulled his flexible upper lip in between his gleaming white teeth and chewed on it for a moment, causing Kutuch to flinch in distress. One hand slid off to active surface and began tapping idly on the desk frame, sending tremors through the superstructure that called the attention of all the Trisk present to the unconscious human. Krask! The human suddenly called out. Kulchich bristled a bit at the rudeness of the sudden interruption. He knew humans were abrupt, 
but this one did not even lift his eyes up to the trisk he addressed. Keep watching, his colleague muttered. Kultich obeyed. What is that word? The human demanded, presumably half grasped. The main structure of the human's dominant arm now pointing to the general direction of the trisk who had first responded, but the hand was twisted around in a circular gesture that caused the pointing finger to encompass three-fourths of the room. That word that means how things, you know, how things go, go together, but fancy for the report. The various Trisk were now glancing at each other in confusion. Dynamics, the human suddenly shouted. His hands immediately began flying across the active screen, and he grinned in delight. Thanks, Krosk, the human called out. After a long pause, the Trisk raised a manipulation appendage in confused consent. Ah, you are welcome, he replied. You're the best, little bud, the human said. The replay ended, and Kultix looked into the colleague's eyes and resigned confusion. I have no comments to add to your research, Kultix stated firmly. Perhaps, if he hurried, he could save his cheesecake. End of story. Story number two, The Great Filters, written by Deomek. We were lonely... So lonely, we wandered for hundreds of thousands of years through the desolate space, searching eagerly for life. We scoured the planets of every star, slowly settling on each system we passed by. We colonized one star, and then the next, and another, and another, until finally our entire galaxy was filled. Yet, uh, we were not satisfied. You see... Our species was an old one, similar in many ways to your own. We had fought walls of conquest over scraps of land and materials on our home world, gradually growing in number and knowledge. Eventually, we united as one people. We solved the problems that had been plaguing us, and we progressed. Petty concerns like old age and resources were no more an obstacle. In essence, we were truly free to live, to learn, to explore. Our choices were not bound by our bodies. But we were alone. Oh, we found life on other planets. The occasional single-celled organism, a few plant-based ecosystems. Once, we even found an insect-like creatures inhabiting a distant moon. Never intelligent life. Your species called our dilemma the Fermi Paradox. We called it the Eternal Isolation. Regardless, the fact of the matter remained the same. Unless we decided to create another sentient race, we would not find any others. We did not create another race. At least, we did not create another one at first. Our species had argued about this for centuries, but we decided not to play God. At first. Anyways, we assumed that there were, um, filters, as you named it, preventing intelligent life in our galaxy. We had hypothesized the existence of two major obstacles. The first was the leap from single-celled organisms to multicellular. The second was a jump from multicellular organisms to sentient ones. Perhaps there were others. We did not know... We, of course, had already made it past all the filters, or so we had thought. 
Millions of years after our unification and exodus from our home world, we stumbled upon your galaxy, the Milky Way. Of course, as we slowly, ever so slowly traveled across your galaxy, we discovered nothing unusual. The planets we found were either barren or barely capable of supporting life. And then we started hearing you. In the beginning, we were only wisps of radio signals, unlike any that we had heard before. Our instruments were delicate and fine-tuned, made to listen to the final breaths of dying stars, intended to advance our knowledge. Glorious devices for glorious purpose, yet even they were hard-pressed to capture your messages. Oh, but we did ever discover anything more marvelous than you. Slowly, painstakingly slowly, we made our way from the opposite side of the galaxy to your own. As we moved closer, we reveled in your development. Your muffled sound soon became grainy pictures, and every tiny step forward was a force for our own celebration. As we inch closer to you, our understanding grew stronger through the signals and transmissions that you had cast off into the void. We learned of your lives. Wind, we fell in love. We fell in love with the vibrancy of your culture, the sheer variance and breathtaking volumes of your society. You were young and wild and passionate and everything that we once were, and yet were no more. Remember, we were not just lonely people, but a stagnant one as well. We had advanced to a standstill. We had unknowingly sterilized our own culture in the name of progress, something we did not realize until we met you. Finally, we found physical proof of your existence. A lonely probe, an old traveler from ages ago. You called it Voyager. We called it the Messenger. We were ecstatic, utterly overjoyed at the solid, corporeal, undeniable proof that another intelligent species existed. No longer were you a figment of your transmissions. You were real. We sent the messenger back to our pristine home world, a place that had become sacred to us. We planned to install him in a place of honor, and a place worthy of him. We sent him back, and we moved forward, closer to you. The little ones we called you, yes, we knew your actual name, but we preferred the name we had given you the diminutive we reserved for the few that we love. Evidence that your existence grew stronger. We were bombarded by signals of your civilization, of music and movies and internet and holograms, and we were utterly astonished at the rapid rate of your progress. Perhaps by the time we reached you, your species would hold more advanced than ours. After... What felt like eons, we arrived in your solar system. Our ships approached your homeworld, and we found nothing but desolate wasteland. We had been in love with a grave. 
We had loved the ruins of a civilization more beautiful than our own, more beautiful than any fantasy that we could have dreamed of. A civilization too beautiful to last. A civilization that had never made it past the Great Filter. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.